welcome everyone to the mmos.com podcast episode 145 to, uh here today and we have a special episode because omar and i are uh separated from, uh, from a vast distance brought together only by the power of the internet i am in uh, istanbul omar you omar is still in vegas Omar, you want to tell everyone why you're still in vegas i think it's a good story to start with it's it's a bit of a story. It's actually rather unfortunate. So I was going to visit. I was going to go with my brother to Turkey for for about a month to chill out over there for a bit. Bought my ticket and everything. But on the day before I had to be, we were going, I was going to do my online check in. I get my passport, type my passport number to check in, and then I look at my passport and I see, holy shit, my passport expired in March of 2018. So my passport expired like two weeks before my flight to Turkey, and because my flight was literally the next day. I had no chance to even get like an emergency renewal, which you, you can actually do if you have like three, four days in advance. But no, I, I, I missed my flight to Turkey, so I'm here in uh, Las Vegas. I ended up burning a ticket there. So uh, a round trip uh, ticket for about a thousand bucks is burnt. Can't get my money back either. That's a lot so of that's bits. unfortunate. It's a lot of bits. It's a lot of bits, boys. Feels bad, man, indeed. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm, I'm in Vegas. Altai is in, um, in, in Turkey. Though there was one positive thing that came of it. I was able to play in the, the Battle Ride Pro League while having lower ping. I actually, it was an open tournament and me and a couple of friends entered. That was like over the last four or five days or so. And while we didn't win, I did, we did, I did play with lower ping. That's actually a bit of a story too. It was basically an open qualifier. Anyone can enter. I think it was only like 15 teams per day competed. The top two teams qualified. If you qualify, you win 500 bucks. So we got our ass kicked uh, every single day, you know. Surprisingly, on the last day, we ended up playing a team of two, uh, one grand champion and two champion players who are just materially higher ranked than we are. The highest rank I achieved in Battle Right was like Diamond 3. So we actually went uh, four wins, and they had five wins, and they beat us. But we were actually really close to winning that game, and it felt really good playing against this team that was like much, much better than we were. And we really held our own. That was kind of fun. And I was able to do that with low ping. But still, rip my 1000 bucks. Well, just think of it as your entry fee to that free tournament. There, there you go. That was my $1,000 entry fee, and I could have won $500 if all went well. Okay, I got half your money back, but... Couldn't do Qualifying, it. Qualifying, yeah. All Somebody right. said, 1K, that's like a Soul Worker cosmetic. Yeah, there's a bit of a drama about Soul Worker cosmetics. The thing, it's really weird. Some games charge a lot of money for skins. I oh, know yeah. Soul Worker was oh, very yeah. expensive, like up, up to 40 bucks for skin. I know Blade and Soul was very expensive. I actually almost bought one in Blade and Soul, but I'm like, fuck it, it costs too much money. You know, prices are too high. If they were like, if they were like one-fifth the price, I probably would have bought it, but I can't justify spending like 30 bucks on a skin. It's too much for me. Can we talk about how expensive skins are in uh, Fortnite? 25 actually, bucks. Yeah, that's insane. That actually, actually, it's actually amazing how much money Fortnite makes without having loot boxes. You know, loot box got a lot of controversy over the last like year or two, and here comes Fortnite with no loot boxes, selling skins directly to players. They make over a hundred million dollars a month. You know, they're killing it without loot boxes. Yep. So you don't need loot boxes to make tons of money. But then again, how much money would Fortnite be making if they had loot boxes? Think of it that way. Oh, Canaris, thank you for that sub. Tier one sub, six months in a row. Grazie. That's for the, okay, $995 left to go. <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks, Canaris. It does it does ease the pain a little bit. You know how Wait, some, which, go ahead. I was gonna say, you know how some streams have um the, the donation goal and it starts at zero? Yeah. You we need we need a donation goal that starts at negative one thousand and goes to zero. <laughs> <laughs> to go back to even on that uh, ticket I burned. Yeah, I'm just Feels kidding, bad, man. Yeah. All right, so I had a different weekly rate lined up, but this one was more pressing because we just got the official announcement finally that MapleStory 2 is coming to the West. Omar, you called this over a month ago, I believe. Yep. So tell us the story of how you, uh, I guess, realized this announcement was coming, and then we can go over 
the actual announcement. There was a few things leading up to this announcement which made it you know, actually clear to me this was happening. It came mostly towards the end of 2017. In the most recent um, Nexon earnings call, the CEO answered a question from an analyst. An analyst asked the CEO of Nexon, like, what's going on with MapleStory 2 in China? Because the game had just went into open beta there, and they were, they were trying to gauge if the game was doing well or not. And Nexon CEO responded saying, oh, the game is doing well. We had a you know, much better start than we did in South Korea. And they were really excited to be launching MapleStory 2 globally. So he answered a question about the Chinese launch of MapleStory 2 by saying that they're excited to be bringing the game uh, to a global audience. That was the first time they actually hinted that, okay, MapleStory 2 is coming globally. And it was, it was a response about China too. So it was actually kind of an odd answer because he hinted that it's going elsewhere as well. And after that, just most recently, when MapleStory Fest was first announced, I think like two weeks ago, they said there'd be a special announcement for MapleStory. They didn't say MapleStory 2. There's be a special big announcement coming. And right around when they, when they made the MapleStory Fest announcement, by the way, it was the first MapleStory Fest ever. It was a convention for MapleStory, but the first one. Right around that time, they actually put a job posting for uh, like a localization coordinator as well. So these all, all the, and, and a gameplay tester for, for a new game. So all these things were kind of lining up right around the same time. And this had to be it. Like, why would they make a MapleStory convention for the first time ever and not announce their sing signature games like sequel, MapleStory 2? So the stars aligned, and I called it. They did make the announcement on, with MapleStory Fest. And it's the Mabel Story 2 is finally coming to the West. With and the beautiful part about this is it's not like it's come. Uh, they announced it and it's gonna be coming a year later. The closed beta begins uh, next month, early May, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's coming soon. Uh, sadly, okay, so it's closed beta is coming May. Uh, when do you think the actual open beta is coming? Probably June, um, July. I say later that year. Hopefully, they don't make us wait too long. Uh, late summer or early fall, probably. They, I think they should do early summer because when the kids are out of school, uh, I think that's yeah, you're a right. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Um, makes also, a lot of sense. I'm I was surprised to hear that there was, this is the first MapleStory Fest. There are so many smaller games actually that that have annual uh, you know fests or conventions for years now. Uh, and MapleStory guys is huge. It was one of the biggest earning MMORPGs uh, for for like a decade, right? It's um, still on the, our list of highest grossing games. Every year we try to update our list of uh, the highest grossing MMORPGs and MMOs on PC. MapleStory is always on that list. They make I think plus hundred million, close to hundred over hundred million dollars a year. So they're still making tons of money. Yeah, MapleStory is one of those games, guys, that, you know, I think it surprises a lot of people, especially here in uh, America or Europe, how big it is. I remember in high school when we used to play it a lot, a lot of people we showed it to were like, are you kidding? Like, is, are, you, are you for real? Are you playing this? And then and then they would try it for like an hour and they'd be like, okay, you're right. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. it, was one of the, it was one of those games. Uh, a sleeper hit, at least in the West. Um, and I think... I think uh, Nexon could do a lot more with MapleStory, the franchise. Uh, I think the characters, the world is just beautiful. Like, I would go to like a MapleStory cafe. I'd, you know, they, have a, they should have a whole plushy line and all that stuff. You can look at the official trailer in the background. And somebody asked, oh, yeah. what's so special about MapleStory 2? And I actually really want to emphasize that of all the MMORPGs I've played over the years and all the new game announcements, MapleStory 2 is actually doing a lot different. Like, a lot different from your traditional MMORPG. It's not just another WoW clone. And so many games we see, like Bless, for example, another game people are really hyped about, and Air, Set Infinite Realm. I mean, these games look interesting, and I, I like Bless for its challenge. But I can already tell you very clearly that Bless isn't going to really be changing up the formula at all, really. It's the same thing we've seen you know, over the years. The action, the, the action combat is going to be kind of cool. The difficulty can be interesting. But there's nothing new really coming with, the, with that formula. With MapleStory 2, they actually emphasize a lot of interesting um, creative elements in the game, where user-created content plays a pretty important role. And I played the Korean version. There's a lot of ways beyond the core gameplay, beyond the core gameplay loop, which is killing monsters and leveling up. You could play mini games, which, which is just a side thing. It can be kind of fun to do with your friends. The, the player housing is persistent, and the way you can customize your house is actually quite amazing. 
think almost like Animal Crossing style, collect shit tons of items and build an amazing house with like almost like you have almost limitless control of what you can do with your player housing. And if you look at MapleStory 2 videos online, you'll find like some crazy like compilation of what people have created. And beyond that, actually, what I like a lot is cosmetics in the game can be created by other players and be imported into the game. And actually, there's, there's a Stepara video of that I want to show you on the Korean version where they basically, they, somebody, Stepara created a, a, a Miku skin, in the, a cosmetic in the game, some like uh, some shirt and pants and shoes. And, and then you can sell it in the auction house in the game. Wow, that's pretty cool. And that's that's actually astounding to me. It, it's such like a simple thing in principle, but to allow players to create items and just import it into the game, the only other game that did that was like Second Life, and that was unintuitive, crappy UI. And to do that in a game like MapleStory 2, on top of all the other social elements they have, and, and the gameplay, look, the gameplay is there too. But you know, a lot of hardcore MapleStory fans, maybe you know, it's not it's 3D, it's not side scrolling, it's a different experience. But combining all these social elements and and player created content into the game. It is actually really unique. Like, what other game is there that you can you can import your own designs into the game for cosmetics? Like, it, it's amazing. And, and one, one note, what makes MMORPGs great, in my opinion, is is not just the core gameplay. You, you want to have a good core gameplay, but you want to have all the stuff around it as well, like stuff you can do with your friends outside of outside of raiding, outside of grinding. You know, it could be PvP, it could be pet battling, it could be minion collecting, it could be doing like crafting, it could be a lot of other things. It's just really cool that they're, they're emphasizing player created content. And that's something we haven't seen in too many MMORPGs, and I think MapleStory 2 is doing a really good job with that. And just, just playing MapleStory 2 in the Korean version, just running around, looking at people's houses, their, their costumes, it, it's really amazing you know, what the game has done. And I, I think that will resonate really well with Western audiences. Yeah, and I, I think it's under, better in the West uh, than it did in Korea, because I think two, there's two conspiring forces. One, nostalgia, the name MapleStory, right? People like mm -hmm. us will go back for that, our, our generation. Uh, and a lot of younger kids in America actually grew up playing games like Minecraft. Um, where well, they're used to this style of graphics, and not just the graphics, but they're used to this style of customization, like you said, with the clothes, with the, with the mounts, with the houses, you know, with the crafting and stuff. And mm -hmm. to those young people, like, imagine you're like 14 today or something, right? You grew up playing MapleStory or Roblox. Uh, when you see crafting in WoW or crafting in Final Fantasy 14, it's a joke, right? You, you just you guys just go like this, and then you craft. You hammer something, yeah. yeah. Like that's not crafting. Like that's not that's not a world. That's not like so. That's not social to them because to them they're used to just building their own shit. You know, they're they're used to their own uh, like very modular world. And this game does that. So I think it's going to grab both older people that like MapleStory the name, and they're just going to younger people who grew up with more uh, customizable games like like uh, Roblox. Mm -hmm. I look at the other video um, I linked for you. It shows you how how some of it works. Oddly enough, when I when I was watching the live stream, by the way, it was actually really fun to watch MapleStory Fest being live streamed on Twitch because everyone was hyped for MapleStory 2. The chat was fun. People recognized my name too because so I was talking to a few people about MapleStory on there. And when they when they revealed the how the customized clothing is going to work, because I, I knew about it in the Korean version, but they actually said the the official like program to make customized clothing is going to be MS Paint, which kind of it's kind of bizarre to me because I'm like, wait, what? MS Paint? What? Like, it didn't make any sense, but they actually said MS Paint is the official tool to create clothing in MapleStory 2. I think in this video, you'll see them use uh, MS Paint as well. But people can use Photoshop as well, too. The, the new I, one I, or I, the old one? Because I know I, mean, I know Windows 10 is trying to push this new MS Paint. Maybe. We'll see. I guess I'll see. It looks like, it looks like the old one, actually. Yeah. It's remarkable to me how other MMORPGs aren't really um, like stressing this kind of content. Like This, like, this kind of um, like game design makes MMORPGs, I think, magical, right? I don't think you can really, you know, like you can have fun gameplay, but I, I said, I've said this for a long time. I've had discussions with friends who love PvP and WoW, who like raiding in like World of Warcraft or, or Final Fantasy XIV. I think 
I think what makes World of Warcraft a great game, what makes Final Fantasy XIV a great game, isn't the mechanics of combat. Because I don't think the mechanics of combat are particularly good, whether you're rating, in, you know, rating or not. And I don't think the story is particularly good in either WoW or Final Fantasy XIV either. Or even the PvP. Arguably, WoW is the best PvP of any MMORPG, but I don't think the PvP in World of Warcraft even, even comes close to the depth of a game like Battle of Riot yeah. or even League of Legends. Because if you want a PvP, there are games dedicated to that PvP environment without all the baggage of MMORPG like, attached to it, right? But what makes WoW and Final Fantasy XIV great is the whole package. And I think what makes you know, MMORPGs in general great is this whole package. And a lot of games haven't been focusing on that package as much. And at least you know, with Mabel Story 2, they're doing the... the and the, the package includes the core gameplay loop. It includes player housing. It includes mini-games. It includes player-created content. And, and I think that's awesome. You know, the emotes in the game are really silly and fun, too. And look, it's weird to see you know, a 28-year-old man being hyped for Mabel Story 2, but I am actually really excited to play Mabel Story 2. Like, just... I tried playing the Korean version. It was kind of rough because the English patch was really bad and it would actually bug out the game and you couldn't complete certain quests. So I'm like, fuck it, I'll wait till the English version. But I, I really liked what I played in the Korean version too. And I'm confident it's going to do well. And I, I think it's a good test of like if our predictive powers mean anything after all these years of experience. So mm-hmm. when I see this, right, and I see the uh, well, the name Maple Story and this kind of concept, I think it will do well. And I, I, I'm more hopeful on this than I was on many 3D fantasy, you know, generic uh, launches of the past like five years mm-hmm. uh, so this, this is a good test on whether my uh, predictive powers or our predictive abilities are actually look, exist or not look this game has an infinitely better chance of hitting a slam dunk than a game like closers or soul worker because oh, the yeah, reality yeah. is game like closer and soul worker look soul worker is pretty fun actually and i played it for fun myself recently but like that's a game that you know you can play for a while and i have fun and then you're gonna quit the, the depth isn't there like we've seen that formula tried countless times you know it's it, it, it can be fun for a while, but there's really nothing magical or different there. And, and you knew that going, everyone going with the closers or Soul Worker knew exactly what they're going to expect. They knew the gameplay. They knew the kind of gameplay you would get, the core action combat, and, and the linear stage-based progression. It's the same thing we've seen since uh, the whole genre was popularized with like Dungeon Fighter Online. Like Since Dungeon Fighter Online, since Dragon Nest, those old-school games like that, every other game that's followed that pattern has been basically the same thing with different skins and some minor combat differences. So there's so much more going on with MapleStory 2 which is why I'm optimistic about it. And, and just look at these, these mini-games in the background. Some of the most fun I've had in, like, in Final Fantasy XIV with randoms was doing random-ass jump quests. Remember even MapleStory 1? We did jump quests in MapleStory 1 were actually really fun. It was just one thing you could do in the game out of countless other things you know, outside the core gameplay loop. Just, just, I would actually get my friends to download MapleStory and level with me just so I could do the jump quest with them and see like, who would finish it first. You know, Get a couple, couple of buddies who never played the game. We all get like level 30 or so and then it's enough to basically unlock most of the jump quests. And we just run through those. And it was a lot of fun. And I, I love that you can do that in the game. I, I want to log into an MMORPG and hang out. I want yes. that to be my portal to hang out with people. And that's what a lot of people do in MMORPGs. Whether it's WoW or Final Fantasy or Maple Story or anything else. A lot of time you spend in a game is hanging out with friends. And a game can do that by adding stuff outside just the core grind or the, or the, 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 the typical just combat mechanics of the game. I think even if you're not... Here's a, here's a good test. Even if you're not max level, you should, you should yeah. be able to log into a game and have fun Netflix. all day without trying to progress your level. Like mm-hmm. that's a good sign of a good well-made game. It has to be some kind of horizontal things to do, not just vertical climb. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I think it's, yeah. To be fair, now I think it's fa- it's worth uh, highlighting some of the uh, aspects that might conspire against Maple Story Two. This is a three. Mm-hmm. This is an over three-year-old game now. Remember, it came out in Korea yeah. over three years ago, uh, at least to betas. And quite frankly, it did not have the same success that Maple Story One had in Korea before. It, People Story One came to America, right? So this is mm-hmm. this is a lot more untested. It's already a very old game. Uh, three years, I mean, 
it's a pretty good chunk of time. Don't forget, a lot mm-hmm. happens in three years. You know, the, look how many. Just think how many times, uh, like the the genre of choice, like the king genre, it has changed in the West over three years. You know, look at Fortnite. Before that, it was PUBG. Before that, it was League. You know, like or, or it was Overwatch. Beach. I should say Overwatch yeah. was a hot new game. Then, then it was boom PUBG. Then it was boom Fortnite. So three years is a long time, especially now. Like so. Those are some you know factors against the game, and it might not be able to catch on. Because from what I remember, and remember, Omar and I played this game, but we played it on the Korean server, and the Korean server was very fidgety because we had to deal with these uh, custom English patch uh, files, which made the game buggy. Uh, so hopefully, since then, if the UI is easy to use, if it's easy to launch, easy to install, uh, you know, it'll do well. But three years means some of those things might not be you know as uh, perfect as it should be. And actually, the art style of the game, while it's not side-scrolling like MapleStory One, look, I'm a I'm a fan of MapleStory One. I've been playing the game on and off since uh, since basically two, this GMS basically launched when Scania was literally the only server in the game. I love MapleStory. It's actually my favorite free-to-play MMORPGs out there, and it, it's a game. I'm there's actually a burning event going on in MapleStory. I believe later today, and I'll probably log in and make another character just for fun. And I love MapleStory, and while it's not the same exact game, I think the art style actually in MapleStory Two and, and the aesthetic actually makes it pretty timeless. I don't like MapleStory even today. It looks fine because it's a side-scrolling 2D game. It doesn't look as bad as games like Shea or Last Chaos, which are kind of old now, but 3D. I think the the cartoony visuals too for MapleStory to kind of lends itself to a long lifespan. Where you know in 10 years, if MapleStory 2 is still around, I, I don't think it'll look bad because the art style is actually this really sleek Minecrafty look, and the music is is really cute too. Yeah, I'm I'm more worried about um like imagine you kind of log out in the middle of nowhere and you come back like a week later. Is it going to be easy for you in MS2? To know what to do next. That's a big problem in a lot of MRPGs. A lot of oh, yeah. 3D MRPGs especially. Because in, in Mabel's story, even if you got lost, if you die, you go back to town, A. And B, you know, you can you go left, right, up, down. That's it. You know, like you're gonna find yeah. your way home. You're gonna you're gonna find something, right? You can't get lost too easily. Uh, in this game, if you're in the middle somewhere, uh, I just want people to be able to find what they're doing. The UI should be easy. Uh, hopefully uh, it is. We'll see. Well actually on that note, it's actually worth mentioning because I know Mabel Story does some problems in that regard. We played the, I remember I played the Korean version by myself before. I went to a player house, and player housing in the game, you can actually have like portals in your house to other zones. So housing becomes a very uh, gameplay useful thing too, besides just showing off and just showing off your possessions. You can have portals to other parts of the world. So I went to a player house, I walked through a random portal without thinking, and I ended up in like level 50 zone as like a level 10 character. And that was really bad because uh, monsters would one-shot me, and I would have to find my way from the level uh, 50 zone back to the newbie zone. And if you die in that zone... You go back to the nearest like spawn point. You don't show up back in the beginner zone. Mm. So that design feature was really bizarre. And this was years after the official Korean launch. And it, it persisted since I last played the game like a year ago. So there's some really bizarre things where you, a new player could end up in a really high-level zone and have literally no way to go back unless he's patient enough to find the cab, and then, which could be like 20 maps away, or just run 20 maps away to you know back to a newbie zone. So this is, it's bizarre that they let that slide. So there's, there's still like gameplay stuff they have to fix and make sure it doesn't, you know, Screw over players. Uh, do you remember how long it took you to get back? At least a couple of hours. It was wow. actually really frustrating. See, that's... it was really frustrating because I would I would die and like you get like five maps in, you die, you have to go back. And maybe there was a way to get there from the UI, but I, I, it it could be being retarded because it was in Korean and I couldn't navigate the UI. But I'm pretty sure there was because no, when you die, you just spawn in the high level zone again. It was yeah, really yeah. bizarre. Now, people, hopefully, few, they fixed that too. A few people in chat talk about their good memories of of, of stuff like that, and and I have them too. In Maple Story, we got lost a lot, right? And oh, I got yeah. I got lost in that hundred towers, uh, the Toyland, trying to go to the bottom, where there's like a space mm-hmm. town. And I remember in Ragnarok Online, we got lost in this undead city or uh, world of the undead, the un- underworld. It yeah. took us a couple hours to get out. I remember. 
Now, those are fun and cute stories for us, but the average gamer today who grew up, you know, uh, addicted to sugar and playing Fortnite or, or, or Robo, Robo, Robocraft or whatever, Roblox, he's, you know, he's not gonna, he's not gonna get killed by level 50 mobs for two hours to get out. He's just gonna be like, F this, I'm going back to Fortnite. So, they gotta get, they gotta work on those things. Well, definitely. I'm watching the, the video in, in the background and I'm liking the cosmetics. I, I love the cosmetics in the game. And perhaps I'm kind of like a sucker for saying this. This might be an opinion everyone doesn't share. But stuff like the like the character, the, the appearance customization, the clothing customization means so much to me. It's arguably, people actually always say, you know, in the Final Fantasy XIV live letters, one just happened recently. Like when they start talking about cosmetics, the chat always goes, okay, now for the true end game, the cosmetics, right? <laughs> the glamour. That's what people care about. And, and it really is, I think, such an important part of a game. If you can, if you can weave like choice into the game like that, it, it makes the game so much more enjoyable. And I'm seeing like some pretty crazy hairstyle, and she's got like this uh, like leaf in her mouth. It's pretty badass. I like it. I approve. Glamour is the end game, the mid game, and the early game. All right, we all want to look badass throughout the entire process. I'm hyped for real story too. Again, close beta begins I think on May 9th. It's only gonna run for like a week or so. But uh, hopefully, Omega comes shortly afterwards because I am, I am, I am hype and I want to play it. Indeed. All right, I think that's enough on MS2. Uh, I do want you guys to potentially share your views. Are you hyped about this game? Are you unhyped? I'm actually especially interested in what you, if, if for you the three-year lag period has affected your view on the game. So were you hyped and you lost it? Were you hyped and you're still hyped? Uh, were you just didn't care and you still don't care? Whatever it is. I'm actually that that's the part I'm most interested in, you know, because I really think this whole three-year wait period is I I, I thought by 2018 this be this wouldn't happen anymore. And when I've been doing this for like 10 years, and back then it was very common for games that exist in Asia to either never come here or come here after like five years, like Blade and Soul did, you know. That that, that took five years, and I really thought that was behind us. But now with Maple Story 2 and Bless Online, don't forget Bless Online has been out in Korea for years now, and it's only coming here now. Uh, so this is this is a still a trend we're dealing with, and I, I think it's a huge mistake these companies are doing. Actually, what's pretty funny is I think a lot of people said they weren't hype years ago. I know one of my friends, for example, said that they weren't really excited for Maple Story 2. They didn't really like it because uh, it's got this 3D look. And that same exact friend was... Uh, I actually ended up seeing them in the live stream for Maple Story for the announcement, right? And they were hyped for Maple Story 2. And they later actually messaged me saying, I am getting dizzy from this hype. So the same person that said they weren't excited for Maple Story 2 because it was 3D... And it was different. It was blah, right? And now they're saying they're getting dizzy from the hype. Maybe that's option D. Was not hyped, but the three years made me more hyped. <laughs> like I'm looking at you, remix my life in the I, chat over there. <laughs> I, I feel like that would be a rare uh, uh, option, but I'm sure there are some people out there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think a lot of people, you know, when, when the game is a little like closer to reality, is more tangible. The hype definitely gets a little bit higher, you know. And I'm glad I sold you on a gesture smiles again. Look, I have no particular like. I'm going to try the game because I'm hyped for it, but you know, if it doesn't pan out, I'm going to talk about my criticism. And obviously, I will probably have things I don't like about it too, but I'm, I'm just mega excited to actually play it because it's like the first time in a long time we're getting a game that's not the same old shit. And it just, look, again, Bless is going to, I think Bless will be good. It'll be fun, but it's going to be real talk. Bless and Air are both going to be this, are, are not going to be groundbreaking at all. They're not even trying to be groundbreaking. Well, so, Air is literally groundbreaking because you're in the air. It's, it, it's okay, in the calm air. down. How clever. <laughs> Uh. All right. Well, with that, I want to take us to uh, another bit, a bit of a spicy discussion. Something which uh, kind of surprised me, actually. So Final Fantasy XIV, uh, the Morbid I've been playing for a while, has uh, did their most recent live letter from the producer. Basically, uh, Yoshi P and uh, some of the people of the Final Fantasy XIV team talk about what's coming to the game. They highlight some you know, new stuff that's coming. 
And a new feature in the game actually got a lot of people pretty uh, up in arms about potential oh, yeah. pay to win. So I'm, as you know, as someone who doesn't play Final Fantasy XIV, maybe curious where you stand this issue. So they're releasing patch uh, 4.3 later in May, and with that will come a companion app to Final Fantasy XIV, a mobile app. I actually and heard this about is, this. Yeah. This is where the where the controversy li- lies. So if you look at the link I just sent you, if you scroll down to the bottom, you can see the companion app's features. There are free features and there are premium features, and people are complaining that the premium features make the game pay to win. In fact, there is a, whew, there is quite a thread. It looks like a, uh, what, a minute, 278 posts, 28 page thread on the game's official forums about this being potentially pay to win, and people are actually saying they're going to quit the game over this. What do you What do you think? Okay, first I want you to describe to me what this stuff is. Okay, so organized retainer and saddleback inventory. So you, so you don't get that. What does that mean? Like what, saddleback inventory doubled. What is so? Is that like your storage on your mount? What is that? Let me. It's basically extra storage you get from your, your chocobo. But l- l- yeah, I'll, I'll run you through it real quick. Okay. So basically, um, with the, with the app, everyone can download it. And the, the main thing is, you download that for free. You can actually talk to your friends in the game. It uh, looks like with you, know, you can talk to people in your guild and stuff for free. Just message people directly as well. It's an easy way to keep in touch with players while you're away from the computer, which I think is a kind of like a nice touch. We've had we've seen like the League of Legends mobile app like let you message your friends with that. I think why was something like that too. Yep. Uh, you can m- move stuff around your inventory, organize stuff in your inventory. You can uh, check the, the the market board, which is the the game's auction house, so you can just browse what's on there. Uh, you can per- you, you can you can buy one item in the auction house per day, because you get one free uh, coupon nut per day, so it's a currency in the game in in the app, and every you know one currency requ- gives you one transaction. So every time you log in once per day, you get you know you can so, so you can do one transaction. So it's like a remote auction house once a day. Yeah, it's a remote auction house that you can only use once per day as okay. a free user. As a premium user, you get you can use it twice per day. Okay, that's not, I don't care okay. about that. That's, that's no big deal. Uh, but but you can also you can actually use infinite times if you pay what? enough money. You, there's a premium currency you can buy called Moogle coins. The Moogle coins can be used in replace of the scoop nuts. Which oh. they, basically you can use the you can use it, you can essentially use the market board infinite times per day with the mobile app if you're willing to pay money. But you gotta pay for each one. Each transaction. Uh, yeah, you buy you, you buy like hundred. You probably buy them in batches, you know. Oh, okay. So with the premium and, and the premium app, by the way, costs five dollars a month. So which is kind of weird. Who's gonna pay? For, I mean, first of all, there is a controversy. People will here, pay, but, but go on. People, people. I personally don't think. I think anyone that pays five dollars a month for this stuff is it's it's, it's overpriced. It's a ripoff. But I, I'm not like offended by the pay to win argument. Uh, you get more inventory space, and you can get another. You, you can buy an additional retainer as well. And really, the, the the premium only gives you an extra. It doubles how much you use the market board. But anyone can buy additional coins if they want. And the controversy lies in the fact that people are saying that being able to access the market board. Uh, like more times than free users on the mobile app is pay to win. What do you think about that? Okay, not pay to win, not pay to win. But okay, this this whole system, right, is something. If 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 I didn't know that Final Fantasy was a subscription game and I just read this, I would think Final mm-hmm. Fantasy is a free to play game. They're nickel and diming you by charging you pr- every single time you want to use like a remote auction house feature, like and. It, it, and the fact that you can pay five bucks a month for uh, a mobile companion app, like it just reeks of something that would be a feature in a free-to-play game. So the the fact that it's a premium subscription game, uh, and has this kind of stuff. And remember, this is this is the future. They're gonna add if they're adding this, they're gonna add more stuff like this. Just they're testing oh, yes. the water. The they're testing the water. The controversy is that they said that uh, based on player feedback, they'll be adding more stuff you can buy with the Moogle coins. Obviously, they're gonna be pushing microtransactions in here. However, I, I will I will actually disagree with you because yeah. It's a subscription-based game, but I, there, I do think there is this um, entitlement mentality with a lot of people 
they, they view that when they buy a game or they subscribe to a game, they're entitled to everything on top of that. And here's why I kind of disagree with a lot of the. First of all, I think the pricing is a ripoff, and I, they will not get a penny out of me. Okay, this comes from somebody who's never going to spend a penny. Okay, you on won't. this app. Okay, but you know, I, I, the pricing is stupid. It's obscene, and I'm never going to spend money. But I don't. I'm, I'm not offended by it because think of it this way: as a free-to-play user, as somebody who, who subscribes to the game already, what is this app giving you? You are gaining access to something you didn't have before. There are free features of the app that include one transaction per day, as well as being able to message your friends and all the other stuff that come for free are, are literally things you are gaining. You are gaining for nothing. This is you, you were paying previously before this announcement, you were paying for a subscription that gave you even less than what you have today. Because now you get an app and you can do you can do some stuff on it. The fact that you can buy other features on that app, which I don't think are pay to win, it, it's still a win for you as a user. Like, would you rather just not have this app? It just seems like you're yes. throwing away a feature. No, yes, I'd rather why? not have it. Okay, here's why. Uh, the threat is not always what's in front of you. Okay, it's what's coming. So, uh, an avalanche starts with a single snowflake. All right, and if you see okay. if you see snow falling, like one flake lands on your nose, and then your friend goes crazy, you're like, "What? Are you, what's wrong with you? Are you crazy? It's just a snowflake." But he's looking up the mountain. Now, imagine this app. You're not going to pay for it, right? But imagine it makes yep. like ten million dollars for them. Okay, which it could. I think okay. there's a lot of crazies out there. Now, that will radically, dramatically, and permanently change the direction of Final Fantasy's development because they're going to yeah. be chasing that money. And then we're going to get a lot, they're going to add more stuff like this. And now, eventually, it's going to be an avalanche of, of basically, it's indistinguishable from like Bless or like BDO cash shops where it's going to be coming at you. Uh, you're going to be able to pay for, you know, the best weapons and it's going to make you mad. You're going to pay for like upgrading your weapon and then it can break. But if you pay, it doesn't break. Okay. Like all that's coming if, if, if they make money. I, like I don't like the slippery slope argument because you can right. literally apply that to everything and, and, and extend it to the extreme where that can happen. Now, listen, okay. there's actually something that people, a lot of people are missing in this discussion because people, a lot of people pointed to uh, World of Warcraft's mobile app. I'm not sure if you ever used it. I remember I, I remember I used it actually. Really? I never it, used gave, it. it gave you access to the mobile to, to, to the remote auction apps for free, right? Everyone can use it. Like mm-hmm. 200 transactions per day. It was it was only there for like so you can't abuse it, right? Yeah. But what's what's remarkable is actually they announced just this week that they they're shutting down the mobile app. The mobile apps are access to the auction house. Yeah. Because because they couldn't monetize it and it, it cost them money to keep it up, right? Yeah. So that so now that feature's gone. Yeah. So what this tells me is I, I imagine some people that were using the the World of Warcraft mobile app actually really liked access to the auction house right yes. and they were probably willing to pay for it because if they basically if it was if they make any money for them while well, shutting it down so it, it seems like to me that if if they didn't add this uh feature it just wouldn't like, either we get it with the with the with the monetizable uh coins or we just don't get it at all i, and I think we'd I'd rather have it no than not have i it. wouldn't an, an oh. auction house that's remote like that it totally breaks immersion the whole point of an auction house is a reason to go to the main town. Remember Ironforge? You know, remember the, the whole reason to go to town and to kind of hang out in the capital was because that's what the auction house was. The auction, the auction house was where you traded, uh, not just in the auction house, but with other people, like spamming, want to buy, want to sell. It was a hub. It was a lo- you know, locus of activity. So if it's remote and paid, now all your whales and your biggest, most enthusiastic players are going to be just paying on their phone to access the you know, auction from anywhere. So that's going to take away uh, right. activity from the town. Okay, the immersion argument you brought is actually a new one because I read through over 100 Reddit posts complaining about, oh my God, pay to what I'm quitting. And I've read at least 100 posts on the official forums about this. And the biggest complaint surrounding this are people bitching that they, they're going to have to lower their prices in the, in the market board because other people will be lowering their prices faster and it will be undercutting other people. Like the price in, So ultimately, the result of this, I think, for all players is going to be lower price on the market board. Because when you see somebody undercut you, you can undercut them faster, right? On the, on the go. 
and people are worried that they're not going to make as much money from the market board, which is which I tell I, I tell those people boohoo. Yeah. You know, the market board prices are extremely high already, and 99% of players will benefit by having a lower price in the market board. You know, and and some people were complaining that the, there's already bots abusing the system anyway, probably buying cheap items and selling it for more. People are already scripting it anyway on the PC. But they got to ship it in, that are, in person, though, at the, at the auction house. Yeah, but yeah. but but the, the, the people that are taking advantage of it already, the people that write bots for it, are already doing it on their PC like, full-time, 24-7 with a script anyway. Okay. And the people that play the game 24-7 are already taking advantage of this as well. If anything, this evens the playing field more for the average user. Uh, dude, I think you're if bending anything. over I think you're bending over backwards to like defend this. Like okay. Well, first of all, I I said I said the pricing is stupid. I'm, then they will never get a penny out of me. Not you, but, but okay. I, first of all, look, this uh this the, the fact that they're giving you one free a day, right? Basically yeah. they want you to get addicted to that and use that instead but, of going to auction. How, how many transactions do you do on the market board a day? As someone that plays a lot of Final Fantasy 14, my average transaction is maybe like two a day. Okay. Or less. It, it, sometimes you list something all at once, which you'll do on the PC anyway. When you're buying, it, it's it's not something you're doing all the time anyway. Okay, but I don't get why you're so eager to throw that out for in, the the in in person or in at, you know in town transaction. Like that was such a valuable part of the game for me. And, and I'm surprised I, no one else brought it up. Out, nobody else brought it up because again, I, I read through countless pages of this stuff because I was really curious where people stood. That to me and is the a biggest big sign. Problem is that it's pay to pay to win. But it seems to me that players are getting a feature. The free users are getting something they didn't have before. Actually, something, something useful, arguably not as useful as maybe as they wanted. I mean, but they're getting something useful. Is not an argument for MMORPG. Part of the MMORPG is supposed to be it's, it's inconvenient. That's what makes an MMORPG an MMORPG is inconvenient. You got to walk to the end of the town. You got you got you to take the mount somewhere. If you could just teleport everywhere, and then uh, you can you can buy bandit. You can imagine you can just vent from anywhere, right? You can sell your trash from anywhere. You can auction house from anywhere for free. You can teleport like. At, at some point, you don't have an MRPG. But, but that argument doesn't really apply because in Why? Final Fantasy XIV, the, the market boards are everywhere. Like every player housing zone has like eight market boards in it. Every right. town's got like four market boards in it. Like most people just yeah, the social parts. The social parts have it. No, no, no. The the the, the housing districts are there's like there's, yeah. there's like twenty inches of each each housing zone, and okay. every single every inch of those has like eight market boards in them. In fact, most of the time when I sell something, I, I just go to my house or my guild right. house okay. where nobody else is. I walk to the market board right next to it. Right, but you still have to be in like a social zone, not a combat area, like a, like a dungeon or outside. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, that's my point. That's good. But but the, but that but that but the immersion itself that you're arguing, I think, has long been lost with stuff like party finders. With, I mean, it with, doesn't mean I have to like it. Another one. It's like a th- death by a thousand cuts. I'm, 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 I might I might already have nine hundred cuts, but I don't want the uh, last one. Sure, sure. But do you do you agree with the the pay to win sentiment though, or in the no? Just, I, you know. I said from the beginning. I don't care. It's not the pay to win part. It's the lack of it's the loss of immersion and the creep <laughs> of features. That by the way, even in free to play games, I I'm normally against this free uh the pay to win moniker because it's an, it's a feature right you know it's an optional uh yeah. monetization thing i'm just saying this this sounds like a free-to-play feature being added like this is something sure. i would expect from a free-to-play korean game not from a premium game that's built itself as like a premium kind of game but look if world of warcraft couldn't make their mobile uh auction house like work they, they did this to convince their players and their players clearly liked it right the problem was it wasn't worth the development cost for them to keep the uh, the mobile app connecting with the PC. Clearly, well, there's some kind of developer involved. I'm glad they some... shut that down too. Thank you for telling me about it because I'm glad. I don't but, but want to remove. You're, you're saying it for immersion, right? Yeah. If you take if you take immersion out of the equation, I think that was a loss for players. No, it was a gain for players because they got they lost they gained immersion. <laughs> it was like I I would personally rather have this than not have it. Oh, look, the problem Why? is look, if the if. If we go down the slippery slope where those Moogle coins can be used for other stuff that's actually changing the game, but well, why wouldn't look, it? Look, obviously, 
Why, this it, this is change, by the way, this is changing the game. If I can access the auction house from everywhere, whereas in the past I had to be in a social zone, non-combat zone, that's a huge change. But there are already websites you can look up. You'll be able to look up what's for sale in every MMORPG auction house anyway. There's been that for like every web, every, you know, most every game already. The immersion's already been broken by third-party websites. You can't buy them though. You can. So, who cares? So if, if you want your immersion, don't don't use that. You, you you create your own immersion, right? You don't need you don't need the don't other know. people's. What is somebody else's immersion look, to you? Look, look, this is this is not like a game shattering thing, but it's yeah. a negative on all counts, in my opinion. All counts. Yeah, but I, not a huge negative, but it's a negative on all counts. Like, I, there's nothing positive here, in my opinion. So like, you, you, do you like not like the like the Discord mobile app? Do you have to be on your PC to use Discord? I, I, is like uh, is Discord, your guys, broken? This, Discord's my favorite MMORPG. What, what's this week's raid? Huh? Are we gonna raid? Uh... <laughs> no, I'm just. I'm, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> It's a, it's a, it seems like a convenience feature to connect to your friends. Yes, and you know, you know how you die? By becoming too convenient, all right? Life gets, everything gets too convenient. But it's like a frog, all right? You're, you're, you're boiling in the water, Omar. Inconvenience. Mm -hmm. Maybe. My only concern is if the, if the Moogle coins bring us to uh, something more extreme, where things do become, um, things do become more pay to win. And obviously, that's always a possibility. But I think as is, I'm not particularly offended by this. And it just, but the thing is, the discussion with this kind of stems back to uh, people complaining that once you pay a sub, right, there should be no cash shop, there should be no other forms of monetization. Do you agree with that? Okay, one more time, say it again. Right. The biggest, the, the 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 place of disagreement for most people seems to be that I already pay a subscription, I already bought the game. Yes, I shouldn't be able to pay for anything else. Everything else should be free in game. Well, remember with that in mind. Uh, from what I saw, Final Fantasy has been you know selling cosmetics for a long this cosmetics for many years, right? But yeah. Now, can you can you argue? I'm not talking about the degree because I said it was a small degree. But can you yeah. can you do you agree that this is at least a change in type? This is not a cosmetic difference. This is a gameplay altering change for money. Yes. Okay, that's a bad sign. Now, I again, cosmetics have been selling for years, and I think that people paying subs, most of them realize that's not game altering, right? So they're okay with it. This is game altering again to a small degree. They're kind of testing the waters. But this is this is a radically different in nature than uh, previous uh, monetization things. But well, what about cosmetics? Do you think when they introduce cosmetics to a game, it's uh, like if, if when World of Warcraft added their 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 cash shop right to get mounts and like uh, cosmetics? Yeah. Was that like personally? No. My opinion, I'm against that. If in a subscription game, everything should be in that world. Uh, per personally, now again, but it's it's a different kind of uh, breakage, I guess, than this is, which altering gameplay. But you have to realize too that the money they make from that helps subsidize the game, and they can like make more content as well. On top of you know, obviously, progress. I mean, why not just sell, just sell one shot stores too? It's gonna make the, it's gonna develop the game. It's a it's a balancing act, obviously. <laughs> well, Look, exactly. When I when I play like Overwatch, I I know the fact that when other people spend money on cosmetics, you know, Blizzard makes more money; they can make more content. Same thing for Final Fantasy When other people are buying twelve dollar emotes, I know the fact that when when the re, by the way, the reality is for games like Final Fantasy fourteen. The reality is that these games don't make a lot of money. I think Square Enix made like $120 million all year with all their MMORPGs combined, whereas a single mobile game makes over a billion dollars a year, a successful mobile game. So oh. the reality is these games don't make a lot of money. And the, and the reality is these games could shut down if they don't make if they don't bring in more money, the resources for these games will be cut off. So that's, that also kind of makes me look at these games not from an idealistic view, from a practical view, where oh. if other people can subsidize the game's development without making it pay to win, I'm all for it. Oh, look, if, and I am all for, uh, again, and that's why I said you said it's a compromise, and I agree. So that's why the cosmetic yeah. things, they've, it's a compromise we've been dealing with for years now, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm, all I'm saying is this is a compromise of a new nature, and it will open a floodgate of a new nature. Okay, that's, that's all, but, you know. 
end of the day, maybe the best thing for them to do is ditch a subscription and go all in on stuff like this. Charge for cosmetics, charge for upgrades, charge for to join a raid, to join a guild with more than like 20 people, charge for that, charge for housing. Uh, like, sh 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 here's another thing. Shard of the Avatar made tens of thousands of dollars, sometimes on single houses, right? Mm -hmm. So how much money could have Final Fantasy XIV made if housing was premium only from the start? Like a monthly fee plus uh, upfront cost for like, big houses. They would have made a lot of money. a lot of money. Yeah. Sure. So, okay. So, but see, that's what I'm saying. Once you open this, you're basically allowing all that. Look, my, my problem is when once they once they go further on that line, and that's a good reason to boycott and quit the game. And I think that's where players should take a stance. When something becomes like actually pay to win, because we both agreed this wasn't pay to win. Yeah. When something actually crosses that that that, that threshold, at that point, stop supporting the game. It's and quit too late, the game. baby. It's too late. Because the also, nature the of the game. The argument will about subscription, but but the argument about the subscription too. People kind of forget that when we played Ultima Line in, in 1997, 1998, EverQuest in 2001. Was that came out like earlier, but we played in like, 2001. When we played these games, we paid fifteen dollars a month to play these games. These 10. games still cost fifteen dollars a month. It was ten. What really? Yeah. <laughs> but are you sure? Yes. Our first bills for uh, Ultima Online and EverQuest were ten bucks a month. What, what, what are EverQuest? I think it was twelve eventually, and then I think uh, WoW was the first one to do fifteen. Fine. But WoW was fifteen in in two thousand four. Yeah. In the last fourteen years, you don't think uh, like just just apply. The average inflation rate to that, and we'd probably be like double that or close to double that. I mean, that's, that's a good. I, I realize those those numbers have came down. I haven't moved at all. Okay. Where is the extra money coming from? Maybe there's a good sign that we should. It's a good uh, reason we should raise subscription costs. Right. Twenty dollars a month. Perhaps, perhaps instead of saying how much we hate this change, which I think a lot of people in the, in the Twitch chat kind of agree that this is not good. And look, I'm with you guys. I, I prefer to get all this shit for free as well, obviously, right? But to realize, would, what what are you willing to tolerate? Would you rather tolerate the the mock station? Cosmetic items of Final Fantasy 14, the cash shop in World of Warcraft, which sells cosmetics, and this companion app, or would you be willing to pay instead of $15 a month? Actually, I'm only paying like $13 or $12 a month for Final Fantasy. Or would you rather pay close to double that, your monthly subscription fees? I know my choice is obvious. I'd rather pay the lower subscription fee. And these, honestly, the extra cosmetic stuff, I, I think it's great for me. As someone who doesn't spend money on these games, the extra cosmetics, it just seems like a win for me. I think most people like, come to terms with cosmetics. So imagine this instead of this companion app, imagine if Final Fantasy released a $40 skin. Like a special skin where you have okay. like a glowing hat or something. That'd yeah, be better. Like twelve dollars, some like rare twelve dollars. Okay, whatever, while. a forty dollars one. That would be better than this, in my opinion. But, but, but at least with this app, the free players get something as well. And I'm curious where people stand on the subscription issue because no, wait, the free players don't get something; they lose immersion. Let's 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 frame but, it a little differently. Not, <laughs> I, the immersion was lost when you when you add the cues anyway to the game. Okay, that's a whole different argument on how immersion is lost over the years with MMORPGs. It doesn't mean. But, I mean, look, just because I lost some, just because I lost I, a finger I, I, doesn't mean you got to cut them all off. I no, mean, I, I, I accept that, yes, there's some form of immersion loss. Omar, 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 you got Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome. Immersion on, on, on right clicking the market board, that's not really a big deal for me. I think for most people, it's not a big deal for them either. Obviously, some people are, like you are clearly offended by this, but I think for the most part, that's a non issue. Uh, I don't know. I think it's a big issue. Ever, somebody said EverQuest in 99 was also $15 a month. But just like wow, if you paid a full year, you paid ten dollars a month up front. So I think I think the subscription costs remained the same since like nineteen ninety eight. Maybe I, I definitely remember paying ten for Ultima Online though. But that's that's the thing I I want people to kind of you know hold on to. Look, I, obviously if they if they if they take this stuff to the extreme and they add more stuff, that's when we should raise our pitchforks and that's when we should be outraged. I don't think what they have today is outrage worthy, and we have to keep in mind in the context of the compromise. And I don't want to be labeled an apologist for this shit because look, I'm not going to give them a penny because I think the pricing is retarded. 
and I think they're charging way too much. If it was like a, if it was like one time buy for five bucks, yeah, it's pretty cool, you know. If, if it's maybe like extra dollar a month maximum, but and you should be able to use it infinitely rather than trying to charge these tokens every time they want to use it. That's bullshit. The pricing is insane. But you have to put in the context of of what the subscription fee was for these games for the last like fifteen years, and it hasn't changed. Again, it's literally insane. Five who five dollars a month, and you get so little for it anyway. It just makes no sense to me. Again, outrage maybe is not the right. If people are outraged about it, you know, I mean, I'm not in that camp. Uh, I do think it's a negative. Uh, that's all. I don't know. What, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I think it's a negative all around. It's bad for immersion. Uh, it, it reeks of uh, free to play Korean style monetization. And I think it does pretend things to come. But in the context of the inflation argument, like what is the alternative? Let's say the you alternative. Just, we just said it. Selling cosmetics. They're doing that as well. Yeah. Wait, Fortnite can I make. Rather, if Fortnite, I, I personally rather have this app than the cosmetics. Because I think the the end result of this app is going to be cheaper market board prices for ninety nine percent of players. Oh, wait, who cares if think? market board? Wait, wait, wait. Market board prices being lower or higher has absolutely no effect on this because either way, it's in game. So it's like. There's no every winner is a loser in that. I mean, it's not like like I yeah. as as long as it's in game, I don't care who if the market board prices are high or low. Like that that's that's just an in game dynamic of the economy. Who, it's an in game dynamic that, that that positively affects vast majority of players. Oh, so imagine imagine it's a companion app. Okay, you pay five bucks a month, and uh, there's a list of every item in the game. You just you just check the ones you want, and then you push I want these, and then he gives them to you for free. Okay, that would that, that, that help? That would whoa, be whoa. Pay to win. Well, no, no, wouldn't that help more people than it hurts? A lot of people, a lot of players don't have the same equipment you have. Maybe they want it. Now you're now you're crossing the threshold of completely pay to win. No, but my point, no, my point, Omar, was just because it lowers prices for people in game, it, that that's not a good or bad thing. It's just as it, as long as it happens in game, it's good. If it happens out of game, because you're paying for this feature, it's bad. That's it. That, it, it that's all I'm saying. Like the the fact that it's lowering prices for more people, uh, if they buy this mo- mobile app, that's that's pay to win. Like, what are you talking oh, but you about? Realize- the, the, the biggest outrage that I've seen in the Final Fantasy XIV threads, and you can skim through it yourself, and I, I encourage everyone in the in Discord, if they, I mean, uh, in Twitch, if they're curious, is that people are just complaining that they can't like sell their price stuff as much as possible as before. They're people, make less money. That's the beauty of MRPs. That, I want. Concern. It's good that people complain about that. That means that they're involved. They're invested in their uh, in-game economy. That's good. You know, that's, that's you know, that's it's like, oh my god, I can't believe they did me this. This happened in uh, you know, this game. I, oh, I'm so mad. This guild attacked me. Yeah. Like that's part of the fun of MRPGs. You know, <laughs> like people arguing about these prices and stuff. I think you've, I think you kind of lost touch of that part of it here. Hmm. Uh, you, you're arguing the immersion thing again, which look, no, no, I, I, I thought the, the the one World of Warcraft the campaign was great. You'd be able to use the auction house on the go whenever you want. No. I think it was a great feature that people like. No, it wasn't profitable for Blizzard to keep it running. That's why they shut it down. Oh. Okay, no, I disagree with that, but more, but that's separate than this. Do you think they shut it down because the day they had this idea in their head? Oh, it was immersion breaking, so we got rid of it. Do you think that's what they, that they designed? I don't know what their thought process was. No, I don't know. But you, you, you would have thought they would have thought the immersion before they released it. I, I don't, I don't know what they're thinking. But I'm saying okay. now about the prices, Mark. Well, it's not what prices you think it is. being it's lower, okay, because of this out of game, you know, pay to win, you know, pay pay to use feature. Prices being lower is not like a win, like. What kind of nonsense if, is that? If, if, like, if, 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 if the if price of leather goes from ten to one, who cares? If it improves, the, if, if it you know, if it improves the experience of the average user while just making it more accessible, it's a win. In my, it's of course it's a win. The average player oh. gets more enjoyment of the game simply by making the game more accessible on the go with a companion app. It seems like a win to me. What are you talking about? Wait, what, what if you could just push a button and you just had the best rate gear? That also make, but, but, that, but, that would make but, it more accessible too. It, the only thing the app is doing is making the game more accessible on the go. No, no, it's lower. You just said it's lowering prices. 
You realize, can... you realize today, you realize today, any, forget your, your immersion is already broken. You know why? Every single person on earth has, who has a smartphone can download TeamViewer and open Final Fantasy fourteen on their desktop, on their phone, and access the market board 24-7 today. The immersion is already broken, so your argument there makes no sense. No one's going to do that, though. And, 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 Anyone and, can do it. And even if they do it, they're logging into Final Fantasy. Yeah. To so their phone. Well, I don't care. Immersion is broken. I'm not, I don't care how they're logging in. By the way, okay, so, I, if Final Fantasy way, releases well, a mobile client, I'm all for that. Way, God bless. But like, the, I, I don't the hardcore, with that. the hardcore players are already doing that, I bet. The hardcore players who really want to take advantage of the market board, who aren't writing scripts for it already, already have TeamViewer installed. But I, I've actually used TeamViewer on my phone uh, to check something in Final Fantasy while away from my PC. I don't and, understand. and it works like a charm. I don't understand this. Con Imagine they just made a mobile client. This, you know, cross-platform. I'm okay with that. Yeah, like, sure. that my issue is not my issue is not that you're playing the game with your phone. My issue is that you have to pay they're, they're for this additional this feature. Accessible. Hmm. I, I think we're going in circles, guys. Uh, here. Uh. <laughs> I, I want to emphasize: they're not going to get a penny out of me. It's a rip-off. The pricing makes no sense. But I don't think this is where we should get outraged about. However. Square Enix should be kept in check if they try to push the boundary here because they specifically said they're going to look at more ways to implement these cash up currency, the, the, the Moogle coins. That's where we're playing. We have to keep them in check over there. If they do anything bullshit, that's when you cancel your subscriptions. That's when you pull out the pitchforks and you pull out the bad publicity and then, and then they'll fold. Just like, just like EA folded with the Battlefront 2 because people got outraged over it. That, we have to save our outrage for when it actually matters, when they start making it pay to win, when it starts breaking the game. As someone who plays Final Fantasy 14, I don't view this at all. As some, in fact, I still view it as a positive for me because now I can do all this other bullshit I couldn't do before. I got a feature where I didn't have one before. Do you know what this reminds me of? Uh, that, the mm -hmm. meme with, the, with the, dog, the cartoon dog and sitting in the house that's burning and he goes, this is fine. <laughs> like above you is like a $5 yeah, yeah, a yeah. month companion app. Everything is fine. Look, <laughs> actually, uh, which made a good comment in the chat. If you play on the PS4, you can redirect the game on your place in Vita and play wherever you want anyway. So arguably, PS4 players and Vita players have an advantage over PC players. Because they can access the market board whenever they want. Because they can play on their PS Vita. We can't. So this is only equalizing the, the gap. Except no, no. think of it, instead of buying a PS Vita for three hundred dollars, I download the app and pay five dollars a month. Or Boom. or already Boom. They, even. Boom. Or, already, Equalize. How about they make a client for your phone so you can just play? How about that? And and they, guess what? They charge you nothing for it because it's 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 another you know platform they could just have the game on. Well, uh, that's one day. Hopefully, they will have it on the you know full full cross platform play and everything working. That'd be ideal. Right. My only point here was. There's, it was just, it was really bizarre for me to read hundreds of posts, hundreds of you know uh, comments on Reddit over how mad people were getting, and it really devolved back to the original argument of are sk should skins and optional payments be allowed in games and subscription? That that's where it ultimately boiled down to. That was like the ultimate crux where everyone disagreed, where people brought up again they're being <laughs> greedy as fuck. They pay, I already pay fifteen dollars a month. I should get everything, which I, I don't buy that argument. That doesn't make any sense to me. You need, just because you pay the entry fee. And what you're getting for the entry fee is visible. The only time to be upset is maybe when you when you so, pay entry fee and then what you get changes. That's when you can be upset. Well, it did but change. Getting, it, well, it no, did change. You are you get, getting you are getting everything you had before this app was released and and more. No. You you had everything plus no, more. No, no, no. Is why it before before you were getting all features gameplay features. The only thing you were lacking were cosmetics. Now, now you're lacking cosmetics and a certain gameplay features. Now you have more gameplay features because you can use that for free once a day. And everything you, on the piece, everything you on the piece that you were paying for, you still have. That was not taken away from you. The moment they start changing the actual game and limiting content is when... Somebody who's away. paying now have a, has a gameplay advantage over you. That extra uh, ability to buy stuff from Monster Traps will help them grind faster, will help them raid faster, will help them, etc., right? They don't, but no, 
Already, anyone can use TeamViewer and get it for free anyway, by the way. This makes it more convenient. If you want to pay for that convenience, <laughs> they, they make it easier for you. Team, you can already TeamViewer and do it for free. Well, then do it Everyone for free. Everyone can do it for free. By the way, anyone bitching about this, go download TeamViewer on your phone, hook it up to your PC, and on the go, you can access Final Fantasy fourteen on your desktop from your phone anytime for free, nothing. Boom. Okay, so Canary said, if you don't download the app, nothing changes for you. It does. Imagine you just got enough gold or gill to buy something in the auction house that you really liked. Now you're, yeah. you got to run back to town, okay, to, to do it. And guess what? Some yep. guy on some asshole on his phone while taking a shit just uh, snatches it from While you. taking a shit. That's the important part. He was snatches taking a shit it. while he did it. He snatches it right from you. While you're almost back halfway back to town, he comes in, swoops by, goes, thank you. I got the, I got the Dooku coin. I got the you, I got you, Deku you, you could have done it too, by the way. Every day you can use it once for free already. So you, you could have done it too. On your phone, All as right, soon as you ready? get enough money, you there can are, your phone. There are two things you wanted. There are two things you want in Auction House, okay? Now you're running in. You got one. Oh, wait, wait, wait. There are two things. There are two things. You got one. You're gonna get that. <laughs> so there is. <laughs> the best part. He was doing it while taking a shit, boys. He was doing it while taking a shit. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's take it away from this this con. Yeah. This is. It's still an interesting conversation going on, like actively on Reddit and uh, the Final Fantasy 14 forums. If you're if you're interested in where people stand, it's worth reading. Look, and I personally get. I don't want to be lumped in as an apologist for pay to win or anything like that. I think the pricing is bullshit. They will never get a penny out of me, but this is not where I bring the pitchforks. I'm saving the pitchforks for later, and we might need them later. That's why I don't want to use them right now. But with the live letter came other news for the game as well. Worth talking about at least a little bit. They are adding a new 24-man 24 24 raid. They're adding a new uh, trial to the game, patch uh, with patch 4.3, which is coming out soon. Most importantly, though, actually, in that same uh, post, they're adding a new ultimate difficult dungeon, which is actually pretty hyped to watch for because I know as soon as that launches people will be streaming it and it's going to be mega fun to watch the progress for all the big raiders and I actually had a chance to, do, to at least try Ultimate Coil for the first time this oh. last week that's the that's the current you know hardest dungeon in the game and actually when I first got in it was actually pretty remarkable how different the pacing was uh, full disclosure I didn't get very far I only did it for like an hour or so uh, I got the enrage on, on, uh, on Twitania which is which is was pretty easy actually but the pacing was surprising because the, the how fast the mechanics come at you in relation to the other dungeons I've seen in the game are, are just it's so much faster. In fact, if you, if you take your eyes off the screen like the cast bar for even like a ha one and a half seconds, you could potentially miss a, a one shot mechanic. You have to be on your toes while doing that fight, and it starts really easy. Obviously, and I, I only got to the range of the really easy part, and it gets much much harder later on. But it was really fun because the only reason I stopped doing it was it was hard to get a party, and then a few people left, and it was like midnight, and then. I couldn't get another party to do it, but it, it was it was super fun. And actually, looking forward to trying again with a couple of friends. But it just the pacing is so different compared to regular uh, regular raids in the game. So, what is this deep dungeon, hundred floor heaven or high? Is it another hundred story uh, like instance? It's it's another uh, it's another dungeon, kind of like the Palace of the Dead. Uh, it's just it just it, it's gonna have its own like uh, yeah, it's gonna be another hundred floor dungeon. It looks like it's it's you know, its own leveling system, similar to the way uh, Palace of oh. the Dead did. Wow, that's pretty cool. So they'll be probably their own leaderboards for that as well. So maybe somebody will try soloing that by themselves to see if they get the floor 100 by themselves solo or not. Should be fun. Cool. But there's a lot coming to the game. You know, there's, uh, there's they're expanding on the the Eureka area, the Final Fantasy 11 inspired zone with its own leveling system as well. And again, this is what I like about Final Fantasy 14. This is what I like about MMORPGs in general. There is stuff outside the core gameplay loop. Now, you, now you can do this side dungeon thing, which is its own leveling system in both Eureka and the New Deep Dungeon. You can do all these new, you know, you can just do all the collect all the cosmetics and the beast beast tribe quest. To, it just all the extra stuff on top of the core gameplay, I think, is great. And I think Final Fantasy XIV does a pretty good job with semi regular updates for these. 
All right. Well, let's move on from Final Fantasy. We were on this topic for a while. So, already right, you put up a news that uh, I was interested in. I haven't seen this till today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some numbers from MOBAs. MOBA numbers. Good old MOBA numbers. So, so let's see. Uh, let's walk through this. Okay, so Dota 2 player base is shrinking with 10.6 million monthly players. HOTS at 6.5 million. Smite 2 million. And League of Legends at about 100 million. A couple of surprises here. One, uh, I called it with HOTS, baby. HOTS is big. HOTS is bigger than people I, think. I had no idea. HOTS, Hots was is happy. big. That, that came as a shock to me. Yeah. That was I, surprising. I think, okay, bold prediction here, boys. Ready? HOTS will be the last man standing in MOBA. Like ten years from now, when like League is dead, Dota 2's dead, Hots will still be there. Come on, I'm calling that. That's that prediction I'm making. I'm calling bullish any prediction. I think League will be there. I, I think League will be around longer than Here's the Storm. I had no idea Hots was like, you know, only was like more than like like seventy percent the size of Dota 2. Yeah, that's, that's crazy, that's remarkable. But also, how far ahead League is compared to everyone else. Yeah. So if you add up Dota 2, League, and if you add Dota 2, Smite, and Hots, you have like less than twenty million. And League is still five times bigger than all those combined. Hey, yep. Uh, I, I did. I already knew that Dota 2 was dying. As someone who was, was hugely into Dota since Dota 1 days, uh, mm-hmm. for me, the, I think the 7.0 update, if you see this chart here, it really, yeah. it really marked a downfall. Because they radically changed the game too much. Okay, a lot of Dota 2 players are too much, much at old. once, too, which is kind of weird. You know? Too much at those once. Those changes should come more incrementally. Yeah, I agree. And and unlike League, see, League always does these videos where they talk about their design decisions, right? They explain mm-hmm. to you what they're doing. This huge every patch for Dota just comes out of the blue, like, like, and there's no like, there's no like time. It's not like once a week or once a now. Now they're doing it more like uh, regularly. But in the past, these big updates would just drop randomly. Like sometimes they're like, okay, here, have this. So this seven point mm-hmm. one, like it, it added like I think this is the one that added those um, the talent trees. The map was yep. radically different. Um, I don't know. The pacing of the game just changed too much. It was just too much new stuff. Uh, no, no bueno, no bueno. I don't like it. Yeah, it's it was too much all at once. And if you look at the Steam charts numbers, you'll see the the month to month changes, year to year changes. Uh, hopefully, I mean, I, I still love watching Dota two. I, I I've watched the tournament recently. I mean, every time it comes on Twitch and I catch it, I I try watching Dota two pro games because I think they're way more fun to watch than than League or Hot. I try watching Hot games too, but I think Dota two is the most exciting of the mobiles to actually watch. So I, I hope he doesn't die. I hope they can change things around. But I do think their 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 design philosophy is to change a bit and be a little more user friendly. I feel like the Dota two community is a bit more elitist than uh than other other groups. Like yeah. What Ice Frog says is law. You know stuff like some really weird, bizarre stuff. Like if you just try to explain somebody new to uh, like MOBAs how like pulling works in jungles and, and stacking jungle. It's such a dumb mechanic and stupid, and, and it makes no sense. But hardcore Dota players will defend it till their till their deathbed. About how it's actually an ingenious feature, and they they should never remove it or change it. It's so many, so many of those archaic features in Dota Two were uh, holdovers from just yeah. bugs or lack of uh, b- lack of customization available in the Warcraft Three engine, right? So these were not these were not design decisions. They were just things that you couldn't get around because of Warcraft Three engine. So when they, they went to Dota, change it for all these years. So I ain't buying it. No, no, I agree with you. I think the fact that people are defending uh, the they're not t- people are defending it as a kind of smart decision, right? But it wasn't. It was just a bug from like the fact that Warcraft Three was limited. So they should change it now. I agree. Seven Omatic, thank you for the sub. Nine hundred ninety dollars left to go. <laughs> okay, we're getting there, boys. We're getting there. Uh, and there's another one you always talk about the bottle. If you if you uh, teleport back to lane, uh, your bot and you drink your bottle, or uh, or you pick up someone else's bottle that's on the floor in lane, mm-hmm. it'll fill. 
because since your character just came from the fountain, the game still thinks you're at the fountain. Now, this was a holdover from the tick rate of Warcraft 3. It's not a feature, okay? It should not be in the game today, but but it is. And that and, and you have people defending it, which is stupid. Yeah, bro, this guy just teleports my lane. Here, quickly, take my ball so it magically fills up and then give it back to me. It makes no sense. I hate it. And it just, I love Dota 2 as a game. They do so much right, but uh, it's frustrating. And the stubbornness of, I guess, the developers and the community not to change things is, I think, kind of walling it off to new players. Because I think if they didn't have those rigid design aspects, more people would play the game. I think I think it's an amazing game. And look, but, I, I don't think anyone actually cares about the bottle thing itself. Maybe Omar does, yeah. but no one else. But that the, the philosophy that that reveals, right? Yeah. There are so many, there are 10,000 aspects of the game that are, are molded by that same philosophy, which makes it impossible for a new player to get. I would never recommend Dota to a new player because they have to basically learn how uh, Warcraft 3 worked back like 15 years ago because the stupid stuff they did like that. So the padding is awful. It's always been awful. Like if you just right click at the edge of the map, your guy just goes in like dumbass directions. There's so many dumb things about the game that they just won't fix because uh, they don't think mm -hmm. it's a problem. They think it's a, it's a feature. It's good. Don't even get me started about, about creep pulling and uh, stacking. It's such a dumb mechanic where you, uh, it, it, it doesn't really introduce anything fun or interesting to the game. It's just this tedious mechanic the support has to do to make sure all the all the, 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 the stuff is stacked in the, in the, in the jungle. It's it's so dumb. It's Yep. But yeah, that's uh, but, uh, interesting Dota 2 numbers and MOBA numbers came out. Hots, guys. Hots, I'm calling it. Hots will pass Dota 2. Not this right, year, you heard it first, Next year. Boys, Next, you heard year. It first. Next year. 2020. I'll give myself more room. <laughs> well, somebody else brought up a good point in the chat about immersion. Kind of goes back to the topic of immersion, about how the internet and guides and videos have really changed the face of immersion and more RPGs. There is a certain there is definitely a certain magic we've lost with just how easily accessible guides are, and and maps, and like how to is online. Remember, just like I remember, just get, there was a sense of wonder in exploring EverQuest, Ultima Online, finding play, like going to places in the world that we just we thought no one else has discovered. But now, basically, every aspect of every game is like very quickly and thoroughly explored. And there are videos on YouTube on how to do everything in so many games so quickly, which kind of hurts the sense of wonder in these games. The guys especially make you know, fights infinitely easier. And I, I, it, I feel like it's impossible to get that immersion back again with stuff like YouTube out there and all the guides, which is kind of sad because I think that, that was one of the, that was definitely one of the magical feelings of, of video games I think, and more RPGs in general. I think it's not impossible to get it back. It's just very hard. And I, I can think of a few ways we could get it back. Uh, perhaps How things... So? Uh, what, what are the, what's the term? The dynamic, dynamically created zones. So mm -hmm. if, if, if AI or whatever gets fancy enough uh, and you yeah. go to like a new area, it will re it will just create the area fresh for the first time. So at least that day, at least. No, and then that day, nobody can uh, read a guide about it, right? Because someone has the right to guide. If boss fights and like world bosses could be created in that fashion, that would be amazing. Yeah, imagine like a raid boss. Just memorized fights really are kind of lame. What is the term? There's a term for this. It's not dynamically created, is it? Procedure generated. Procedurally, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Procedure generated zones, and yeah, you need you need enemies that way too, though. In yeah, quest. boss fights, everything like a uh, raid boss adds. Uh, stuff. I, can you imagine procedure generated quest? Fetch milk three pig seventeen in corner three. It's just, it's a mesh of all these words. I, I, AI technology isn't quite there yet, no. but it'd be great if we could. If you guys have seen that movie Annihilation, it's like basically like random evolution creating monsters or whatever. Mm -hmm. So imagine you go to the zone that's like just plagued and uh you know by the time you get to the center where the raid boss is, it basically is a list of a thousand things it can pull from. But you don't know which one's gonna pull from it could be like a meteor a move that does a meteor shower. Maybe it's like a, an alligator head one time. The next time it's like a, a mammoth tusk attack or whatever. Like 
I could see mm-hmm. how it's possible. Again, we're like twenty years off, probably, but I think that would bring that would bring back a lot of the magic. Because I, again, I remember we played EverQuest, and the game had no map built in. There was literally no map built into the game, and I'm sure there was like third party maps you could use. But with with PCs the way they were back in like 2001, it just, it just wasn't really easy to get like a third party program to use it. So like, oftentimes like, I, I, I'm pretty sure we've drawn like a map of West Karana on a, on a piece of printer paper while we were playing, just so like if we ever got lost. We put like landmarks in certain places. Like we would actually make our own maps, and that really created this weird immersion that today would never happen. Just having that map feature in a game means it just that's a that's a part of the, the process you never even think about. And arguably, you can say it's, it's mega convenient, but there was something magical about that being being lost, being actually lost because the game had no map, having no idea where you were, having a true sense of danger and terror. That it's nighttime in West Karana, and at nighttime, high level werewolves come out and they hunt down new players and they, and they kill you. And dying is actually a huge setback because you lose like, hours worth of experience. You need to run back to your body with no gear, and you might die again on the way there. So this, this, that, that whole dynamic is essentially lost forever until we get AI, like you said, which hopefully <laughs> is really cool if they do. Got a $10 donation, and we, we inspired someone to get play mobile MMOs. I don't, I don't know if that's a plus or a negative, but... <laughs> <laughs> out of curiosity, what mobile game did he end up playing? Uh, the, the image went too fast. I, was, I, I caught it the last second. Appreciate the donation. Yeah. Which you'll love. Um, what do we got? Yeah, but you got Dallas coming out May twenty fourth. Oh, do you hey, think that's a chance? Let's talk about that. That's a good one. I think it's yeah. it is gonna be uh, it is going to be what's it called to market on PC Monster Hunter Monster Hunter, Monster World. Hunter World. Yeah, definitely, yeah, it will beat that. I, I, they, they did that intentionally. They they had to come out before Monster Hunter World. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, we played it. I it's free. It's gonna be free, so it's gonna be worth a shot. But now here's the question: Is it gonna be just like a uh, practice for Monster Hunter World, or will people stick with it? I think it's pra- I think people will play it until Monster Hunter World comes out, and then they'll jump right to that. I don't know. I think a lot of um, console players will, but I think a lot of PC only players will prefer Dauntless because I think I feel like the Monster Hunter World was it's kind of like Final Fantasy where it's designed with console in mind first. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the, for example, I know the multiplayer is kind of wonky in Monster Hunter World, online multiplayer especially. <laughs> It's yeah. like you, it's something with cutscenes. You like you already watched yeah, the cutscenes. Yes, the way the quests work, they be synced together. Yes, it's definitely very wonky from what my friends have told yeah, me as well. Yeah, so I think for that reason, there will be a smaller audience that will prefer uh, Dauntless. So that's that's my only hope there. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, the thing is though, I do I don't want to like sell Dauntless short because I do think what they're doing is incredible because we. I talk a lot about you know, unique and different kinds of games. And, and while Dauntless is very much Monster Hunter inspired, there's really been no other free-to-play game like Monster Hunter. I can't think of another free-to-play game on PC that, that's Monster Hunter-esque. Sure, sure, it may not be original in its core, but it, it's bringing a, free-to-play, a, a unique free-to-play experience. And for that reason alone, like the, the core combat is fun. You know, Taking down those monsters in the game are really fun. And when we both played the... Because the, the, we got finders packs for the game and we played it, I like the combat and, and taking down those bosses was mega fun. The problem with the gameplay loop was there were so few bosses and we had to essentially do the same boss over and over and over again to farm the resource, the materials he dropped to craft better gear so we can find, fight the next boss over and over and over again. Because the first few times you fight them, it's really cool actually. But that's Monster Hunter. It, it's a skill-based battle. It's the same thing in Monster Hunter though. But there's so few. They were, I remember we, there were so few bosses. Oh, And yeah. that was one of the problems. Just After you play the game for like four or five hours, You've had you've had your fill, you know. You've done, you've gotten the full full feel. Where I think Monster Hunter World will give give you more. 
Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I think I think Monster Hunter World does look better from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. But uh, the game was fun, and I recommend it, you know give it a try on the PC. You know, it used to be free to play, and there's again no other free to play game quite like it. Indeed. I'm just I'm just they they said they had over seven hundred thousand players sign up for open beta, which is definitely a good number. I'm curious to see how many people will stick around, and then we'll we'll learn then. So May twenty fourth is the open beta date, and we'll see. Hopefully the game goes on Steam, and we'll see how many people um. Uh, or online at once. I, I just love the fact that we can Steam shares all the data publicly, which is pretty great. Speaking of Steam data sharing, I got a good story. Mm-hmm. Sad story, actually. Sad story. So Steam Spy may be forced to shut down. Well, I think it is short, it is shutting down now uh, because mm-hmm. there was a change in Steam's privacy, default privacy. So until now, basically your game library, if you guys noticed, your Steam game library was public. Anybody who knows your account name can go to like your page uh, on Steam and they click your library and they see all your games that you own. Not only that, but I can see how many hours you played each game, right? Now, you could optionally go into your settings and make it private, okay? But the default was public. And this allowed uh, a site like Steam Spy, which has huge information on, you know, which games are played the most by hour, which games are owned the most, mm-hmm. you know, how much, how much people pay for games. It was all available public for everyone. Uh, that's changing. Steam now, by default, is going to hide the number, your Steam library and the hours played for your games. Now, you will still have the option to make it public, but that that flipping of the which one is which one is default means that like ninety nine percent of players will just never care. Because I I personally never knew these were even options. Like I didn't know same. I could hide my Steam library. I didn't. I never thought about it. You know. Uh, so I think the same thing will happen. I, mine will be private now, and I'm I'm not going to go out of my way to make it public. Uh, I I didn't care when it was public, so I don't know. I don't know why they did this. Uh, they say that people were complaining. Like Steam says people were complaining to them. That they wanted these kind of privacy settings, which makes doesn't make sense because it was always you could just optionally. You already had it. You, yeah. yeah, it was just yeah. default. So it doesn't. I don't get it. Uh, I don't get it. Uh, it's kind of sad though. It's kind of sad. I, I actually kind of like the default option being uh, public because yeah. I, I remember I looked at my Steam my, my Steam library like how many hours I play and there's like estimates how much your Steam library is worth you know stuff like that. I, I always thought it was kind of cool. And it wasn't like if it didn't work the first time I entered in like it requires you to enable some setting. I wasn't gonna do that shit. All right, I, I'm going the lazy route. Now, I'm not going to mess with that stuff. I think it's unfortunate that they're... I mean, it's well within their rights to do that, and there's definitely a privacy issue there, but I don't know. who. Does it really matter? You know, if you want to hide how long you've played a Honey Pop on Steam, you have the option of doing so, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think there should be the option to hide your stuff. Or maybe even yeah. like... Maybe like uh, one of those... Uh, what do they call it? Privacy reviews that come up once in a while. Like I know when I log into Google yeah. sometimes, or uh, Facebook, yeah, it's like, okay, you know, go through your privacy settings, you know, and make sure yeah. they're okay with, you're okay with everything. That makes sense. I think I think they were just uh, I got I think they got scared by this Facebook uh like nonsense happening recently. Yeah, but you know, privacy and whatnot. Yeah. Facebook being skewered. You know, the one good thing about Facebook being skewered and Mark Zuckerberg doing the congressional testimony is all the memes coming about about Zuckerberg being uh being a robot. Look, if anyone is a robot, it's Mark Zuckerberg, all right? Those 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 memes have convinced me. All right. <laughs> why why is he a robot? Out, why is he a robot? Have you not seen all the all the ridiculous images of him like human smile, human thirsty, drink water, and like these, these sliders moving up? It just they've been all over the internet for the last week. I feel like he's getting skewered too much. People, I think I think there's a lot of jelly going on. Eh, I don't, I feel like I don't know enough about it. People just jelly. The Zuck. The Zuck. Jelly of the Zuck. Jelly of the Zuck. Exactly. Well, in in smaller news, there was a Black Desert Online costume contest. Now, these aren't yeah. really big deals, but this goes back to my previous conversation about how important it is for the community to be engaged. So basically, you know, players submitted outfits, 
and whatnot. And this was the winning one. If you're curious, let me just drop the link uh, for you. It just, it, I just, this process of creating outfits, just, it has to be built into the game. And I think that's one of the things Steam did really well with the Steam Marketplace and players designing like their own stuff for Dota 2, for Team Fortress 2. And, you know, it just, it's just a really cool, cool option, you know? And they sell it for, for real money, which is kind of weird. You know, designing something selling for real money, which is cool in a way, but also weird. The cool thing about Maple Story 2 was that you can sell it for in-game currency, you know? It's not just a purely month, you know, cash shop thing. You know, and it, for the longest time, you you, could, you had this feature in um, Second Life, but it was also kind of always sold for, for real-life money. So I think one of the first few times we're going to see player-created content being sold for, uh, you know, in-game money. And this, this, op, this Jungle Terror outfit is going to be... Looks like uh, it's probably gonna be sold for cash shop stuff, I yeah. guess. It's it looks cool, and I'm kind of surprised that the winner wasn't like a skimpy female outfit. I bet you they they specifically chose a non skimpy female because real talk, we all want skimpy girls in our in our costumes, right? Hundred percent. It is. It, I think they purposely went out of their way to choose something that's not a skimpy girl. I think so too. I, I remember in Black it, Desert, the first thing I did is open the cash shop, and I you know we can like. You can look see at the, the bathing suits. Yeah. Look at the hat outfits. The yeah, lingerie. Yeah, I just go through. I that. bought. I I bought some lingerie for my character in, in wow. Black Desert. So yeah. So it's, yeah, it's kind of weird. Right, no, you know, we we have to talk about bully hunters real quick before we before we end end the show as well. Okay. That was sure. like the most ridiculous thing I've seen all year. It was. Do you want to give us a quick recap of that? Okay, so the recap is, and this is the story. Oh, like, the website's gone. Oh, the whole thing shut down. It's all dead. It was. A, it was okay, embarrassing. It's all dead. Okay, so, all right, go ahead. So basically, a PR or marketing group thought they would do some kind of cool uh, promotion for Steel Series, right? Now, and it was very clear that these guys never played games, because their idea this was their, this was idea from the PR company, not any particular streamer or gamer. Okay, that is, they're gonna have a feature where if you're getting bullied or harassed in the game, you can go to the site bullyhunters.com, and then you can uh, enlist the help of a bully hunter, and they will join your game and kill. Like, they're really good players. Like, they're pro players. And they're going to go into your game and kill the guy who's harassing you and then leave. Now, this can only work, or you can only think this could work if you're not a non-gamer because so many games, you can't just join in the middle of a match, right? If the teams are full, um, there's so many. What if you join and one, you know, the, the side you're on is full, but the other, you know, the enemy side is is empty. You, you, then, you, then the bully hunter's on the wrong side, right? You can't TK or else you're going to get banned. So it... There are just so many logistical problems with this idea that it just doesn't work uh, in today's games. Uh, so anyway, it blew up. It was a joke. Everyone made fun of it. You you have to watch the clip, and it's a six okay. second clip, and it's 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 from the idea of like of people being people being bullied in games. Like it, it just it's so bizarre. Like this this in the clip in the background, this girl is playing Counter Strike Go, and then all of a sudden, some man comes into the voice chat and says, "Girl, I'm gonna rape you. I'm gonna rape you and fuck you up." And then she you calls in the bully hunter who comes in there and frags him to stop him from bullying him, which in reality would never happen. And if it happened, he'd just be bullying the bully hunter as well. It made no sense. I'm, I'm going to see if you have the right clip. This is actually hilarious. If nobody else saw it, I just dropped the clip in here. Okay, I think I found it. No? All right, I'll click your clip. Lights have come down, it, and that is a signal it just, for it a just, bully hunter. <sighs> Now let's see exactly how it, a It's so obviously works. bullshit. It was such a so bad idea. Let's, let's, let's listen. Let's listen. Pink light yeah, let's 23, listen. who has been harassed in game. That's her, but let's cut to her feed. So we can see right now that we're in Pink Light 23's game. She's doing what she loves, playing CSGO. You want to get raped, bitch? <laughs> I know where you live. I can't handle how big her tits are. 
Now, that's exactly the toxic behavior we're fighting against here. Now, let's see how she used our global tool to call a bully hunter. Play that, please. So Pink Light 23 is in-game. What she's going to do is call a bully hunter with our tools. She's doing it right now. She just logged onto our site, logged in with her Steam account, and is now locating a bully hunter. Now, let's see which bully hunter was called. Okay. There's so much wrong with this. First of all, and then this, and maybe it's my mind. I don't know why this stood up the most to me. Do you want to get raped, bitch? Now, if you want to oh, get raped, guys, the one with the hint, it's not rape, right? So no rapist will ask you if you want to get raped because if you say yes, like, you, it's not an option. Like It's not a choice to get raped. Like, I don't understand. They couldn't even harass properly. Like, I don't like If you wanted to simulate, like, online bullying, it's not hard to do. You can have to stage it, you know? You really could have... You just, just, just play a game as a girl and record for two hours. You'll actually find some instances of actual bullying. But no, they had to pay this guy who read this really cringeworthy line. Do I get raped, bitch? Like, <laughs> I can't handle how big your titties are or something. Is what he said. Like, nobody says that. Nobody speaks like that. It just... Ah... Uh, it's such an <laughs> unbelievably cringe. Like, whoever thought this was a good idea really ought to lose their job because it's so obviously dumb. And it, 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 was, it was guaranteed to blow up as a ridiculous, stupid thing, and it did. You know what's funny, though? I kind of feel bad. Okay, so obviously, obviously, right, whoever came up with this, right, doesn't play games at all. Like, not even like a, yeah, not even yeah, like a little. Because to even someone who's like a, a female gamer, casual, who plays counter, would know this. you can't do this in the game, right? So, this the girl behind this, uh, the girl who was a presenter, I should say. She was a consultant. That she was a presenter. She didn't write it. Okay, she didn't come up with the idea. She got the she got the hate for this because she's the public face of it, right? Like you see her presenting. Uh, I kind of feel bad for her for that. Is that what was her name? Zombie unicorn. Zombie unicorn or something. Now, she looks like a total annoying SJW of like, f like face and like hair and everything about her, right? But she did not deserve this hate that she got for this because it again, it wasn't her script. <laughs> you know, like uh, anyway, yeah, she looks annoying, right? <laughs> but mm -hmm. she did not deserve like, all the hate she got. So as someone who defends toxicity, okay, I don't recommend harassment on someone on their Instagram or their Twitter or whatever, okay? You can just make fun of them uh, with your group of friends, right? And then move on. That's all you got to do. There was, um, there was a clip of one of the bully hunters as well On uh, I saw. And one of the bully hunters was calling people faggots. You know, she was supposed to be the bully hunter. And oh, she yeah. calls everybody faggots. Yeah, which I love which, it. Which again, everyone does that. It's part of the internet. So yeah, it, I agree. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. So I actually listened to her one hour and fifty minute apology, right? And the only part of it, and I, I actually came off thinking she's an okay person. But the one part of her apology I didn't like is the fact that she was apologizing. Like, wow. For for for, for <laughs> doesn't make sense. But for her previous toxicity, she's like, I'm sorry. You know, a couple years ago, I was getting harassed, so like I I lashed out and I called this guy, a fa you know, like a faggot or whatever. Don't apologize for that. Like, if Trump has taught me anything, is you don't apologize. Okay, you never apologize. Yeah. Apologizing is it's a form of admitting you were wrong, and you never yeah. do that. On this exactly. Here's the thing: people who uh, people who actually care about you don't need an apology, like a verbal one. And people who don't like you will just use it against you. The fact that you apologize. So never apologize. That's a hint here. Okay, stand by what you did. Don't apologize. So what you're trying to say is uh, you stand firmly by this image. Let me see what image. Oh, yes, yes, I'm gonna put this on. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> I, I, I just think it was a very ill conceived, you know, idea. And there are conspiracy theories that Steel Series is behind it. 
or some of the other, you know, Steel other series, gaming. Steel Series is the ones who contacted both her and the PR studio, okay, to to make an event. Now, Wait, still, who was who was other guys? So they're saying the other competing, uh, like maybe like Logitech or something was behind it to like. No, I don't think I don't think it was like some psyops. time boys. No, it was not psyops. Was some serious psyops going, but this created a lot of negative feedback because associating, like, if a brand I liked actually like willingly like, like if for Steel Series for example, right? They must have seen the product or the idea before they sponsored it, right? They must no, no, have seen no. something. They claim they didn't. They claim uh, they just sponsored an anti-bullying campaign, okay? And then they, they had no other, they had no creative control or anything over it. But, but, but why would you sponsor them without knowing what the fuck you're sponsoring? Because they're dumb. Okay, whatever. The point is, if, if the company you know, I like is dumb enough to like support these people, that, that just tells me that they're, they're not in touch with their audience. SteelSeries is not in touch with their core customers. If they thought that this this kind of campaign was something that you know would have reflected well on their brand, it just shows you that they're you know they're they're dumb on that. On that I issue. think that SteelSeries marketing people are not uh, as on as hands on as they should be. So yeah, ima- sure. imagine you and me. Imagine you and me. We made, we made a company called uh, Esports Marketing, okay? And we call yeah. we call SteelSeries. Hey, we we want to do a, a promotion uh, with SteelSeries products. Give us some free shit. And they say, okay, sure, here you go. So they're gonna ask what it's for. No, then, well, now they will because they got burned. But I think I think there was just they had a budget. They had to burn it, and they're yeah. like, whatever. Here, take some money. <laughs> anyway, uh, we are over our time limit. There's a lot more fun on the internet about this bully uh, thing. Just go on Google or YouTube and search uh, bully hunters, and there's a lot of retrospectives uh, and a lot of commentary on it. It's 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 fun stuff. We'll talk a little bit more about it in the post game. But uh, mm-hmm. thank you for watching. And Thanks for we'll watching us live, guys. On Friday. We'll see you on Friday. Final Fantasy 11 on Friday, Altai. It's happening. Stop.